66. It is the story of the birth of John the Baptist. Let us hear these words of scripture. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. And then they made signs to his father to find out, find out what he would like to name the child. Zechariah asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, Zechariah's mouth was opened and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all of these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So today we have Reverend Kathy DeCreedy sharing God's word for us. And Kathy is a deacon who is appointed to the East Ohio Conference as the Director of Missions and Community Engagement. And so her primary job is to help churches in our conference partner with their local communities and to be God's agents of transformation in the world, helping them, helping us, fulfill God's mission that God has given the church. And her secondary appointment is here to Brexville United Methodist Church as a deacon to help us intentionally connect with and to minister to us and to push us out the door to go and love on our community. And so it's wonderful to have her here as part of our faith community and to share with us today. And first we will enjoy our poetry prayer and then Kathy will come and share God's word. Ah, a poetry prayer by Reverend Sarah Speed. The birds could spend their lives on telephone wires, feet under them, sure and steady. Or they could open their wings, leave the ground, and let the wind carry them home. I want to be like the birds. I want an open heart, open arms, open eyes. Give me a sky view, for I do not want to miss a thing. to be able to spend all of Advent with you this season. Advent has the possibility to lift our hearts to future possibilities and wake us up from the predictable routines that our lives have become. Remember how the Zacharias story began that first week of Advent when we were together. He was going to the temple like he did every day, a routine, a habit. But that day, God woke him up 
from his predictable routine, and life was never the same. He stopped speaking for nine months while his wife, Elizabeth, carried that unexpected pregnancy. It's the season of wandering and wondering when we remember what God has already done and what God is doing, when we allow ourselves to be amazed, and then we can rejoice and find joy. On the first Sunday of Advent, Jenny invited us to rest during her children's message. I don't know if any of you remember it. She shared with us sheet music and the rest symbol and the sheet music to joy to the world and that the song needs rest or it's not the song as we know it. It's a time to slow down and that we need to rest and to remember to see and be awed and be wooed by God into this love story that God has for us and has for you and for the world. We were invited to name our weariness, the things from which we need to rest and to let go of in order to rejoice again, to consider the broken and the sad places in our life like Elizabeth in the book of Luke, the gospel story of her infertility and her longing and lost opportunities, or so she thought. And as the angels say over and over and over again, do not be afraid. And then we were invited last week to consider connections with God and with each other as one of the ways that a weary world can rejoice. We turned and we looked at each other can you turn and look at each other? Connect again? We spoke to each other. We peeked into the Luke's gospel story again at the connection of Mary and Elizabeth as they shared with each other a young woman and an older mentor, both carrying the life of a baby boy inside of them, inside their bodies, both called to be God, ushering in the kingdom of God in a new way and a new hope, that God connects with us and wanting to bring joy to the world. Hear these words from the modern day translation of the Psalm 126. It says, it seemed like a dream too good to be true when God returned Zion's exiles. We laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. God was wonderful to us. We are one happy people, they said. And now, God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives so that those who planted their crops in despair will shout yes at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing and train whistles will blow. It's all good. As this week, Luke's gospel continues, and we are invited into the story once again, and to consider awe and wonder as a possibility 
in this weary world where we Christian folks rejoice. In Psalm 126 that I just read, it is a remembering. It is a retelling of God's work in the world as they remember, the Israelites remembered how they were surprised by God's movement in the world. They were caught off guard and there were shouts of joy. There was amazement, there was wonder, there was awe and praise about God's faithfulness and a balm for a weary world. The world is weary. The world is at war. Russia and Ukraine, Israel and Palestine. There are civil wars in Afghanistan, in Central African Republic, in Ethiopia, in Libya, in Mali, in Somalia, in South Sudan, and in Syria. As well as drug wars in Central America, and terrorism, and gun violence on some of our streets. The world is weary. The news is 24-7 if if we let it into our homes and in our cars, that's on us. But the world is weary. And yet, God comes. And we can be awed by hope and resilience in the midst of being weary. We can be awed by kindness and the holy in the midst of devastation. God is good, even if, and you can fill in the blank with your even if, but God is still good. Nebuchadnezzar and said it, um, East, what are their names? In the furnace, in the fiery furnace. Meshach, Shadrach, and, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said it to Nebuch King Nebuchadnezzar when they came and said, we'll go into that fiery furnace because even if, we get burnt up, was there even if God is still good. God is still good, even if the world is a mess and life is not as we thought it should be. We have a whole book of stories that reveal God's intention to be in relationship with us, to be in connection with us in the midst of our need of healing and recovery, re revealing new meaning and new understanding and how a weary world will look more like the kingdom of God for justice and mercy and compassion and hope, a world full of abundance rather than scarcity. Now I wonder, if you came to church today out of habit or routine, like Zachariah did on that day going to the temple, he put on his temple robe, we put on our church clothes, we gather the family to come and sing some Christmas songs and see some friends and worship. But do we expect to be awed and amazed, transformed, leaving here thinking differently about something than we walked in here thinking about? To discover God or something about ourselves and life will never be the same because of how we worship at the temple today? We are standing on holy ground, and I know that there are angels all around. We're praising Jesus now, and we are standing in the presence of God on holy ground. Do we live that way? Do we walk in expecting those things? And after Elizabeth gives birth, 
The scripture today gives us an image of her neighbors and the family celebrating with her. When it comes time to name the child, Zechariah affirms the name given by the angel and by Elizabeth. And of course, he's writing because he's not speaking yet. And in the moment of affirming the promise and of being obedient to God's prophecy that we heard about on that first Sunday of Advent, Zechariah's speech is restored. Everyone is filled with awe at the name, at this couple, this old couple who they'd all probably whispered about, having a baby after all this time. And there's that Zachariah gets to talk again. Who do you identify with in the story? Are you the come-alongsiders in Elizabeth and Zachariah's story today who worship and praise with her, who celebrate with her, who bring out more awe and wonder in the world than is while the world is made new? Or are you Elizabeth, waiting for the deep longings met or maybe yet to be realized? Or Zachariah, needing to be silenced for a little bit and set apart for a while to experience God's faithfulness? Are you singing God's praises and celebrating and wondering What is God up to? What is happening and what is going to happen in the future? You know that moment when your jaw drops and your eyes widen or perhaps even fill with tears and we're filled with a sense of awe and wonder when we probably are experiencing God's beauty and amazement. Awe is often defined as a feeling of amazement in response to something vast or inspiring overwhelming or beyond understanding. In these moments, we may feel joy and gratitude and compassion, and we may notice a reduction of our anxiety, of sadness or negative self-talk. We can suddenly take a deep breath again in a way that had maybe had not been possible. When we experience awe and wonder, some people want to leap and dance and cheer and celebrate, cry or giggle or squeal, while some want to be silent and soak it all in. Those moments are moments that we want to last for a while. We want to be sure we remember them and put them in the file of our brain that we're going to be able to recall. That everything is not fixed in the weary world. But possibility and faith and hope and joy are revealed once again. And something cracks open in our hearts and in our imagination. Even if that thing that gets cracked open in us is a waterfall of tears. Leaning into our emotions and into our weariness helps us to get to the place where we can connect with others and discover an everlasting hope and moves us closer to joy. Looking up at the night sky, listening to an amazing piece of music, witnessing the birth of a child, or watching two little girls giggle and be baptized, contemplating the incredible power of a brush fire or raging river makes us consider our smallness, our finiteness, our transience, 
and our vulnerability, all of which draw our attention away from ourselves and to the mystery of a God who created it all. How often do we allow ourselves to be amazed, to make it a priority, to turn off the gadgets, because wonder is all around us as we learn how to rejoice in a weary world. We need to live in a way that we are opened to amazement and wonder. And maybe even adding it to the to-do list to pay attention. Not now, but when I say when, I want you to turn to someone sitting around you, in front or behind, and share with that person. We're going to connect again. And we are going to share with each other what inspires you, what awes you, what makes you wonder or be amazed by life. Now. When. When I, I'm also amazed when I walk in the footpath and see a dead tree and there's new life growing out of it, like or a rock that's on the a rock that has a tree growing in the roots. Yes. Okay, and just as Heidi had a hard time pulling you all back together last week, how many of you, the person who shared with you, it doesn't have to be yours, um, was kind of an ordinary thing that awed and amazed? Anybody was kind of an ordinary thing? Yeah, yeah. All can give us a sense of perspective and help us appreciate the bigger picture of life. It helps us to see that we are a part of the whole. It even helps us with our health. And it helps us put aside our own self-preoccupation. Our bishop, Malone, is often heard saying in amazement, look at God. When Jenny was talking about the trees, Heidi and I were talking about sequoia trees. Have you, have you ever seen a sequoia tree? I feel like I'm walking right past God when I see this big monstrosity and be amazed and can only say, look at God. Another friend of mine often declares, God is fancy. The Hubble and NASA telescope images of the cosmos partly inspired the visual branding for this Advent series. You can see it on our altar and on the banners that decorate the sanctuaries here. As the creators looked at the renderings of the nebula and star clusters, they were mesmerized by the colors in the translucent textures. These images and others in nature and the world that God created have the power to lift every weary bone in your body when you gaze upon the beauty of the cosmos how can you keep from rejoicing 
Were some of the things shared with you today about nature? Raise your hand if it was about nature, about what God has done in awing. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoice, the psalm says. When we acknowledge our weary world while remembering, remembering what God has already done and what God is doing, then we can rejoice. Like joy, amazement is a thread running throughout the beginning of Luke's gospel journey. The neighbors on the Judean hillside are amazed at John's birth today. Everyone in Bethlehem who hears the shepherd's good news are amazed. Mary and Joseph, after they receive Simeon's blessing in the temple, are amazed. And when Zechariah is amazed, when he discovers he can speak again. In Luke 1.58, Elizabeth's relatives and neighbors rejoice with her after John is born, and they celebrate God's grace together. They share in someone else's joy. The connection, once again, that we learned about last week shows up. Zechariah's voice returns, and he rejoices, praising God through singing. Today, we see the ripple effect of contagious joy, of joy that grows when it is shared in connection and through relationships, connections with others, experiences and feelings of awe and wonder have the possibility to impact our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, and our physical health. This Advent season is a remembering when Jesus came in the world as a baby. It's also a time for us to consider how we are a part of ushering in and giving birth to the beloved community, the kingdom of God. Advent is about today and that Jesus is coming through you and me and the things that we are going to change. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, new faith will come to those who were once closed off from God, transforms lives will come when the poor are prioritized during turning the world right side up, God's kingdom will be revealed when prisoners and captives are relief, released into life without stigma, after serving their time, really given a second chance without shame and the ability to rebuild their lives, where prisoners of addiction are freed and made whole, awed by the lame leaping and healing happening. As we said in the lighting of our candles, the showing up for our community being really seen and heard by others rather than being an outcast? Could it be that a weary world really is rejoicing when all seems lost, believing that God will make a way out of no way, believing in a God that is bigger than war and bigger than our problems and claiming this victory in the midst of those problems? It's time to believe impossible things and make them so. As Anne Weems proclaims in Kneeling at Bethlehem, as God bursts into our lives and into the world, love is running through the streets. In the face of any Herod that the world can produce, and all the indoors that are slammed in our faces, and all the dark nights of the soul, hope announces that with God, all things are possible, that even now, Unto us a child is born. It is the season of wandering and wondering. 
when we remember what God has done, what God has already done, what God is doing, and when we allow ourselves to be amazed, then we can rejoice. Advent, ushering in a new day, a new life, the kingdom of God being birthed in you. Name it, claim it, and be awed and amazed by it, and give God the praise. Amen. Isn't Michaela's voice amazing? (laughs) 
and I was holding a little baby last, I just really enjoy holding babies and staring at them because it just does not make sense to my brain how everything in a whole human is in that tiny little thing. Like, does that make sense to anybody? It's just, that's amazing to me. And it's amazing to me that my oldest son is 14 today. It's his birthday. I don't even understand, like, that's amazing. It's amazing how people showed up. They spent their day, their Saturday in December, loving on the Bell family as they remembered the life of Tara and were here and they were supported and loved. These are the things that just never cease to amaze me. And showing up for the community, the people who, um, the, the cookies, the amount of cookies and treats that were there yesterday for them, it's amazing. Um, I could go on, but I want to invite the choir to come forward and to share a song as we move into our time of praying with one another and for one another. Um, online, you can use the prayer at brexelumc.com, the comments on Facebook, and our text number and let us enjoy our amazing choir.
Thank you, choir. We have quite a few prayers that have come in this morning. Uh, Brenda asked for prayers for her dad, who is recovering from another um, femur break. And Shelly asked for prayers for Taylor, who is in her uh, finals week. And Matt asked for prayers for the Abbey Rose Foundation for their yearly remembrance of our children of any age who have passed away. And Emily asked for prayers for her mother-in-law, Sandy, who's having surgery tomorrow. And prayers for a friend with new breast cancer diagnosis for God's love and strength. And then Larry asked prayers of joy, um, or shares prayers of joy for, um, he just found out he's going to have another grandchild. And Jen asked for prayers for a forgiving heart um, pray for healing for leaders and for um, pausing, for leaders to pause and to um, listen for God's guidance. With that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. Holy God, we know that you are with us. And once again, we draw ourselves closer to you in prayer asking that you will meet us here and surround us with your loving presence. From sunrise to sunset, you fill us with awe. And for that, we give you gratitude. Thank you for the way the sun shines through our windows, for the mist rising off a river, for warmth of a coffee cup, for joy of returning home for the beauty of a crowded table and for the glory of a sky full of stars. God, we are in constant awe of you. And yet we know that there are many in this world who cannot find the energy to practice awe or wonder because they are so deep in grief, because they are hurting and awe just seems out of reach. So holy God, surround those with broken hearts who are trying to stitch the pieces together. Be with them as they pray that they might one day feel awe again. And all the while we will continue to gather together to turn to you and to remind ourselves that you are the God of the impossible that you are the one who floods our world with awe. You are the one who knows our names, every hair on our head, and every thought in our heart. So together we pray using the words your son taught to us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing we do each Sunday is to remind ourselves that church does not end here, but it goes with us into the world. And so I want to invite you to take a moment to take a look at the bulletin, bumclinks.com. 
to find out the ways that you can get connected to BUMC and that we can together work for um, bringing God's love and God's hope and joy into the world. And here are a few ways that you can do that. First is that today we have our Boy Scout troop is selling um, greenery baskets for your porch. They're selling those right out in the entryway. And so if you would like to beautify your porch, you can um, purchase a basket from them. And then also to um, decorate your lawn, we have some extra yard signs to invite people to worship here um, for Christmas Eve. And so I invite you, there's a couple extra in the parlor, and as you go in there for coffee and pastries after the service, you can grab one of those and put it in your lawn. And then also today after the service, we are going caroling to um, different people around the area who just simply need a little bit of cheer. And so um, you can head directly downstairs after the service, and we will have some soup, and then we will head over to, we'll begin our caroling over at Chippewa Place. We'll just walk right across the, <laughs> the um, parking lot and carol at Chippewa Place, and then split up and go um, all around the area together. And then also, um, we, tomorrow night we have our So For Good which is from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, and they are um, sewing all different types of things for people who are in need, for people um, in assisted living uh, homes to just know that they are loved and to find a little bit of comfort. And next Sunday is our cantata Sunday at this service at 1030. We will have the choir leading worship with the cantata. We will not have our 830 service. Um, we will just have the 1030 service. It'll be here in person as well as online. And at 930, just before, we'll have our Christmas extravaganza, which is all kinds of fun activities, science projects and crafts and goodies um, to celebrate the Christmas season. And then on the 21st of December, we will have our longest night service. So this is specifically for those people who are struggling this time of year or throughout the year and need that space to be sad and to mourn and to be weary and to recognize that and, and celebrate the Christ being born in the midst of that weariness. And so you're invited, that's at seven o'clock on December 21st. It's the longest night of the year. And then on Christmas Eve, we need all kinds of help for our welcome team, for our services that we're having on Christmas Eve. We have a 10.30 a.m. service because Christmas Eve is on a Sunday because that happens every seven years or so. And so we'll have a 10.30 a.m. service as well as a three o'clock with our organ and uh, then our five o'clock, I just blanked, our five o'clock service with the kids and all of the excitement with the, 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 the nativity and the whatnot and the worship band. And then at 8 o'clock, we will have the strings, uh, a string quartet, and our choir will be singing for us. So it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful day of celebrating Christ's birth together. And so with all of that, let us go and let us receive the benediction so that we might go and do God's good work in the world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen.
Let us stand and sing together. to worship with you. I hope you have a wonderful week.